Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. O come, let us adore him.
Almighty God, that the birth of your only begotten Son in human flesh may set us free from our sins, that we who joyfully worship him as our Savior may behold him in glory as he reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The readings of Holy Scripture for this Christmas day, the Old Testament lesson from the 52nd chapter of the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings and who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Hark, your watchmen lift up their voice, and together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The epistle lesson for Christmas Day from the first chapter of Hebrews, verses 1 through 8. In many and various ways God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by his word of power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has obtained is more excellent than theirs. For to what angel did God ever say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, or again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire? But of the son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of thy kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In that holy 
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Together we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, and for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Christmas Day text are those words from St. John, the first chapter. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So far, our text. Dear friends in our Lord on this Christmas Day, Merry Christmas. I know it's been said many times and in many ways as that Christmas song goes. And many ways is right. We've got the stats to back it up too. Because the U.S. Census Bureau reported that last year we Americans sent 100, rather 1.9 billion Christmas cards. One of the chief ways that we do exchange our Merry Christmas greetings and sentiments with one another. 1.9 billion of them we sent. That's saying Merry Christmas in many ways. The magnitude of that figure, 1.9 billion, makes Christmas the largest card-giving and card-sharing occasion in the United States, of course, to the glee and content satisfaction of commercial card manufacturers. At 1.9 billion, that's quite a few more cards sent than the mere 2,050 commercial Christmas cards first printed and first sent out in 1843 in London, England. Cards upon which was, were depicted of a family, a family with a small child all gathered around the table drinking wine, all of them, a rather controversial start to the card-giving and now conventional tradition. These days our Christmas cards usually don't depict children imbibing, but, but they do so often contain those sacred images that we heard of last night, the sacred images of the silent night, holy night, in that little town of Bethlehem away in a manger. The, our Christmas cards, they so often contain the sacred references to the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes or the peace on earth and goodwill toward men that comes through that Christ child. So many of our 1.9 billion Cards sent, they even cite the very words, don't they? The very scriptural phrases from Matthew's or from Luke's, especially from Luke's account of the Nativity. But in all of the Christmas cards sent, how many do you suppose, how many have you seen that have ever borne these biblical words of the Christ? If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But thy will, O Father, be done. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Not the words one might expect to see on a Christmas card. I've never seen them on a Christmas card. But these words, those prayerful words of Jesus Christ, uttered in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the brink of his passion, they're words not entirely out of place for a Christmas card. For you see, as, as today we consider those soaring Spirit-inspired words of St. John. Those Christmas words that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. As we consider them, we're impelled to note this about those words. They report to us a result. That the eternal Logos, that the eternal Word who was in the beginning with God, as we heard, who Himself was God, that He became our flesh is a result. And indeed, the only possible redeeming result. 
of the intersection of two trajectories. That of man's sinful condition being intersected by God's loving compassion for him. The crossroads of the cosmos meet in the manger where God and flesh lies sleeping. For if God was going to rescue man, this was the only way. And so as John reports in the unique and the personal union of God and man, God and flesh came to his own. And the only possible way that he could come to redeem his own flesh, but his own did not receive him. Christmas's greatest tragedy, his own did not receive him. It's not, mind you, it's not that mankind has le- was left to, to pine and hope that God would come to enlighten his darkness. The light has come into the world. It's not that man is left by exhibition of his own will or his own work or his own strength to convince God that God should come. God has come. Enjoy to the world for it. But Christmas's greatest tragedy is that the light has come into the world. God in flesh has come to his own, but men, they love the darkness. And so they received him not. In the almost 20 centuries since John first took up pen in hand to script our Christmas text, things haven't changed. Natural man is still natural man. He still insists. He still insists upon finding his own way out of the dark. And sin's darkened condition is real, and we all know it to be real. For how many newly vacant seats are there this year at Christmas dinner? As a result of sin's condition upon us in our lives, how, how many loved ones will no longer contribute and, and be a part of our Christmas's present and future? Because they've now joined the ever-multiplying number of, of those who belong to our Christmas's past. How many of us are facing medical uncertainties this Christmas that leave us wondering where we might be next Christmas or in two Christmases from now? How many Christmas days or how many Christmas eves are marked above an underlying tangible tension generated by our hurtful words or things inconsiderately or wrongly insisted upon? How many throughout the world this Christmas, though inundated by the world around with a compulsion toward festivities, how many yet grope in the spiritual darkness this Christmas for the real substance behind the season. Sin's dark power still destroys. Destroys families, it destroys health, it destroys life. See how far the curse is found. And yet man, as natural man always has, he tries to wend his own way out of the darkness. I can imagine John with that pen in hand, scratching on parchment with that pen in his ink, the, the words that we heard earlier today, and doing so with a heavy heart. When he wrote, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, he wrote, but of God. Words I can imagine that John inscribed with a heavy heart because John knew well 
How mankind, receiving not the one delivered and born unto us, but how man will try and he'll fruitlessly try to reach unto him. By the will of man, we do try, don't we? Through those so-called enlightening philosophies that would have us gaze into the heavens above or peer into ourselves. By the will of the flesh, we try. As one through his best life lived, or his most positive thoughts, thought or deeds done for another, will try to direct his own days and his own ways, not only in this world here below, but straight into heaven he will. Even by being of the blood, even by being of the blood of a certain people, some try. As sadly, there's trust in lineage more than the Lord whose day Abraham rejoiced to see and he saw it and was glad. You see, if there had been another way, the cup of the cross imbibed by the grown Christ child could have and would have passed from him. If man could have worked his way into heaven, there'd be no need for a cross. If man could have introspectively thought his way into heaven, what need would there be for Christmas? There was but one way. One way alone. God in the flesh. Martin Luther explains why. The only possible way for God to save man was for God to become man. And he says this. He says, we Christians must know that if God is not in the scale to give it weight, our side of the scale, it would sink to the ground. What I mean is this. He says, if it cannot be said that God and not a mere man dies for us, then we're lost. But if God's death... And a God who has died is in the balance. His side goes down and ours snaps up as though it were light and empty. But he adds this, he could not be in the scale without becoming man like us so that we could speak of God's dying, God's suffering, God's blood, God's death. For God in his own nature, he says, can't die. But now since God And man are united in one person. The death of the man with whom God is one thing or person is justly called the death of God. There, you see, friends, there in the Christmas manger, lay still and sleeping, the result of God's compassion intersecting by design with man's fallen condition, there in the arms of his virgin mother rests the single and solitary touch point between the sphere of God's holiness and the realm of man's lowliness. Unwilling to let mankind be what mankind had become, in the fullness of time God sent forth his Son and the Word became our flesh and dwelt among us. John Donne, that English poet, a human, mind you, once considered that very fact that God in the flesh has come to dwell among us humans. And so he wrote this. He said, and dwelt among us. And this means so much. It was much that man was made like God before 
but that God should be made like man much more. That God should be a man much more. Consider this Christmas Day the words of the writer to the Hebrews. How much more than the angels, how much more than any creatures, how uniquely yours, humans all, God has become in your brother of the flesh, Jesus Christ. Here's what the writer of the Hebrews says. He says, he himself, likewise, Jesus, shared in the same flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does help the children of Abraham who are such by faith. Therefore, he says, in all things, he had to be. He had to be made like his brethren to make propitiation for the sins of the people. It was the only way. How much more that God's Son should become man's flesh and blood. Don't for a second, though, fall prey to the notion that's out there that God's Son didn't know what he was getting into when into the flesh he came. Don't believe the latest heresy, and perhaps you've heard it out there, that charges that historic Christianity is is in praise of divine child abuse, that God the Father would kill his Son. No, listen to his Son who said, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, and you, he said, are my friends. Listen to his son who said, I lay down my life, and no one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. No, friends, no one dearly wanted more that first Christmas and the cross it promised than God. No one wanted it more than Jesus Christ. You only need to look in the manger to know that. It pleased him well. Speaking of it pleasing him, over 150 years ago, the famous composer, Lutheran composer, by the way, Felix Mendelssohn, wrote to some English publishers of his on a particular translation of a, of a set of words that had been placed with a particular piece of music that he'd written, Festgesang. Mendelssohn wrote in the letter, he wrote this, I think there ought to be other words to verse 2. If the right ones, if the right words are hit at, he said, I'm sure that the piece will be very much liked by the singers and by the hearers. A few years later, an organist named William Cummings found those right words for Mendelssohn's piece, and he married Mendelssohn's melody with those, with those particular words, words written over a century before by theologian and, and hymnist Charles Wesley. The hymn, this marriage of word and, and Mendelssohn's music, the hymn began this way. Hark the herald angels sing. Mr. Mendelssohn was right. Mendelssohn was right. The people loved it. And we still do. And what we can treasure highest today is the truth that we sing in those words of that hymn, particularly, ironically, in the second verse. When we sing that God the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, God's not begrudgingly present here with us. Christ isn't wishing that he hadn't come. He's not regretting that he did come, not at all. But here's what we sing. 
that he's pleased. He's pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. God with us and pleased to be so in the flesh. God with us not only in the manger long ago, not only on the cross where God and sinners were reconciled, but now in the place where you'll find him born unto you today, carried unto you today, in his word and baptismal water, indeed in his very flesh, in his blood in the supper, for those brothers of his in the flesh. He's pleased to be among us still, the only touch point still between God and sinners reconciled as faithfully Jesus, our Emmanuel, visits us with his grace upon grace. Like wave upon ocean wave washing inexhaustibly upon the ocean's shore. Pleased to dwell with us undoing sin's curse far as that curse is found. The word became flesh. It was the only way. But God would have it no other way. Pleased as man with man to dwell. Thanks be to God. This Christmas day for Jesus, our Emmanuel. So now, singing Wesley's words, Mendelssohn's melody, rise with me and sing the Christmas truth. Our post-sermon hymn, hymn number 380, the first two verses.
this Christmas day, we reverently bow our heads and thankfully say the gift of gifts has indeed been given and his name is Christ Jesus born to save his people from their sins, we pray. We thank you, O Lord, that you have not given us what we by our sin deserve, but rather in your mercy what we so needed, the perfect gift of your only begotten Son, the Word made flesh. Now may this holy gift engulf our lives as it did that of the Virgin Mary. May this gift overcome our doubts as it conquered the doubts of Joseph. May this holy gift vanquish our fears as it did the fears of the shepherds in the field. May this holy gift of your Son lead us on drawing us ever closer and nearer to you, even as the wise men were drawn unto you from afar. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. On this Christmas day and always, O Lord, be Emmanuel, God with us. Be the shepherd seeking those who are lost and those who have gone astray. Be the mighty physician of those who are sick and suffering. We think particularly today of Robert Latham, Paul Duell, Hugh Ryan, Dick and Elsie Much, Ruth Alfeld, and others. Be the Prince of Peace to those whose lives are troubled by conflict. Be the comforter of those who sorrow at the loss of loved ones, especially during this Christmas season when memories are so near and dear to us. Be the ever-present companion of those who are alone and of those who are confined by weakness to their rooms and beds and nursing homes and convalescent centers. Be the giver of all good things to those who celebrate occasions of your blessings, especially those celebrating anniversaries of marriage or of birth, that you would continue to be present in their hearts and their homes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be, O Lord, Emmanuel, God with us in the blessed sacrament of your Holy Supper, that your true body and precious blood may be unto us the special blessing of this Christmas day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, O Lord, we pray this day that the gift of Christ, which you have graciously given to us, would be shared with all the world. To that end, enable your church to share the gift of your Son with every nation and empower your people everywhere through your word and sacraments to reflect Christ's love within their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our Christmas prayers and offerings and our hymns of praise in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, to whom be all praise and all glory now and forevermore. Amen. Promised in their faithful hope. 
salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. For in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have given us a new revelation of your glory that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may be drawn to the love of those things which are not seen. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying, Redeemer of all the world, O King of kings and Lord of lords, clad in human vesture, grant us your holy body and precious blood in this sacrament. Deliver us from our sin and sustain us unto life everlasting. And hear us, Lord, as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Take away
to bear our sins upon the cross and for coming to us now to bear that forgiveness to us through your true body and blood. We give you, O Lord Jesus Christ, our thanks and praise. Enable us throughout our lives to share in the song of the angels, the joy of the shepherds, and the worship of the wise men, so that we may always reflect the light of your Christmas love. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious on you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.